No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Yeah. Uh, not exactly how I expected tonight to go. I was really hoping that we'd be on here celebrating a 13th consecutive win, one away from tying the franchise record. But joke's on me. Thank you for joining me again. As always, Mike Biseglia from the Bad Weathers fans. Mike delivers pod, and I don't know, you do so many things. You're a guest on just about everybody else's podcast. How you doing, sir? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Yeah, no, sucks. I appreciate the intro. Yeah, sucks to uh to do the podcast after you know Nets loss is something we haven't been able to say in a long time. Fall into the Bulls 121-112. Uh 12 game winning streak snapped. You know, there's a lot of obviously a lot of positives that we'll talk about, but yeah, it blows when when uh yeah, you lose. It's it's uh, instant reaction after losses is never never fun. And you know what? I'm not accustomed to doing re- instant reactions after a loss because I usually record on off days. So I usually have yeah. some time to kind of just let the loss like seep in, sure. try to find the positive. So like this is new territory for me. I, I tend to get a little emotional. So please bear yeah. with me. Um, but this one hurt <laughs> oh, just a little more selfishly because the Nets could have tied the record for most consecutive wins in franchise history on Friday against the Pelicans. Zion's out. And they could have broken that. On Sunday here in Miami, for those that don't know, I live in Miami, so I wanted to be there in person to witness some franchise breaking history. So selfishly, this hurt just a little bit more because of that, but it is what it is. It was still a great streak. It, it was fun. It was fun. It started on December 7th. Mm. We are now on January 4th, so you went almost a full wow. calendar month without a loss. So, yeah, that's. I mean, that's as good as it gets, right? 12-game winning streak and... uh a team that if you asked a little bit ago a couple months ago when they were struggling especially after the king's loss everything that had been going on with Kyrie Irving etc cetera, etc cetera, you know you were just hoping to tread water and be a decent basketball team and you know now at this point your your mindset has changed i think as a nets fan that's really all you can ask for at this point right like what what we saw in the first half of the season is now clearly changed in this little still in the first half but has changed and now it's a team that you feel good about now you're coming off this bulls loss, which sucks, but I mean, it's the NBA. It's a lot of games. Like they're not going to win every game. And like, doesn't mean you shouldn't be upset or bothered by it. And you shouldn't feel angry or, you know, upset because you had chances. Royce O'Neal was terrible and they, they were in that, but big picture, right? You're going to lose games. You gotta, you gotta understand that it's the, the, you know, the NBA, the Celtics lost by 40 to the thunder the other night. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of positive. So much great from the winning streak. Disappointing this evening, and you just yeah, you move forward. I'm I, I you know I'm sorry you can't you can't get to watch the streak and you can't get to see it. But I promise you, when you you know obviously when the Pelicans game happens, and then when you're watching the Nets Heat in person, you won't even be thinking about streaks. You'll just be thinking about containing you know Jimmy Butler and crew. Ain't nobody worried about no Jimmy Butler. But a lot of things to unpack from what you just said. Um, before we get into tonight's game, though. What you said a, a month ago or two months ago, nobody would have seen. A, a lot of people were thinking, "Blow it up." A lot of people were thinking that we're dead in the water. Yeah, I don't know if I've, I don't, if I remember ever seeing a team make such a drastic change in such a short amount of time. Because I know that a lot of teams maybe start slow and maybe improve right. and go on a hot streak, but I don't mean on the court. This team was just drama filled. Fired their coach. The whole Kyrie thing. Are we gonna uh, sign email Udoku? Like it, it felt like it was just it was a disaster. Like I, I remember, I felt unhappy 
when I would hear about the Nets, uh, people talk about the Nets because it just it yeah. was it was there was no fun. We were two and six, like, and to be where we are right now, a, a game out of first place with the chance that we could have been in first place after tonight. Like, I don't remember such a, a, a large shift in a season for any sport, really, with all the drama and everything. Yeah, and I I have been saying this, and I've been texting this to people or people I interact with when I'm like. We deserve this, right? There has been so much bad with the Nets that has gone on in the last 365 days plus or whatever it's been. And we have such talented players, such good players. And I, 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 I've just said, I'm on the record of saying, like, we deserve it. You know, it's about damn time to get mm-hmm. some of this good mojo going. And, you know, I've been on the record saying I didn't know if Katie and Kyrie Irving were good enough to do it for the Nets. Um, I... I I'm being proven wrong and I'm glad like nothing makes me happier than seeing them perform at this all NBA type level. And it's just been a joy the last couple of weeks and winning will do that. And I think that's what makes like a loss to the bulls. Again, you, I said before, like, right, you, you move on, you get it. It's the league, but it's like, I think from at least my vantage point, I, you know, I, I can't speak for you, but it's like, I'm so scared of falling back to bad places and bad times that one loss in my head, you know, I start to think about other things. I'm just, I've seen so much dread. I'm scared like to see some sort of Woj tweet or Shams tweet about <laughs> something. And I've just been conditioned, even though in the grand scheme of it, right? Like 12 game winning streak, they lost to the bulls in Chicago, Chicago team with t- that has not been good this year, but still have a ton of talent. And, just part, just part of the you know the grind of a season. It's funny the way you put it, um, where you're kind of just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Essentially, right. I, I felt that way when I finally came to terms with we're gonna lose because I felt pretty optimistic throughout the entire game. We would mm. make a run, and I was like, "Here it comes." I, I, I just try to be optimistic when I'm watching basketball games, and I felt pretty optimistic. But when I finally came to terms with the loss, I was like, "Man, this would happen." We would finally lose on this streak, and then we would lose one of our players. Now, from what you were telling me before we started recording, do you think the TJ Warren thing was just some bruised ribs or plus yeah. all, some rib contusions? Hopefully, maybe that that, that was the, the the original prognosis. Well, you just you just went mute, but um, so when I when I saw that, I, I just I thought that it was just so nets to finally lose on that streak. And not only are we losing the streak, but then we lose one of our key components because I think that TJ Warren has been an integral part of this streak because the way he can come in when KD's on the, on the, on the bench and he can contribute with his mid range shot. Like, I think that he is an integral part to what's been happening over the last 12, uh, 12 games, along with Nick Claxton and everything. And again, I'm not saying that the injury to TJ Warren is a big deal. I don't think that it doesn't look like it's anything serious, but that was my worry when I saw that he went down and we lost. I was like, kind of like your mindset. Here comes right. the other foot. Not only did we lose our streak, but we lost one of our key players. Yeah, left rib contusion, and that's what um, okay. Megan Triplett had reported during the net game. So we'll see what comes of that, and I'm sure more information. And, you know, it's funny because this was the first time the Nets were whole, and I apologize if you said some of this before as my mic was going dipping down. You know, this is the first time the Nets are finally full and whole as a team. Uh, for yeah, the first time in the season, quarters. and yep. here it is. But that's, you know, I think to the Nets' credit, like they do have depth, they do have guys, and they do have a deep team where I think you've seen from this Nets roster, like 
One night it's Royce O'Neal. Tonight wasn't the night. Tonight it was a Seth Curry night. We've seen it be a Royce night. We've seen it be a TJ night, right? Not some Joe here or there, but he's really been a little more inconsistent. And you're seeing his value, I think, as the net now, not as high as it once had been. Um, But you see they have depth and they have different guys that can come into different places. But yeah, it's frustrating because TJ Warren was getting in such a good groove for them. It was interesting the way Jacques Vaughn played him tonight. I don't think he came into the game until like four or five minutes left in the second quarter, which was mm-hmm. strange because he had been such a part integral part of his rotations. Didn't get in till late. And, you know, you had said like, you know, the Nets got it to three, they got it to four. But anytime there was a play where there was a swing moment, it never happened. Like one example was Nets got to steal Ben Simmons three on one break. He got a little too cute and fancy. Turn the ball over, right? Like uh, Nets he was dribbling it up high too. He was like high stepping. It was weird. I don't know what play you're talking about. Yeah, he was getting like he was going to do some sort of fun lob or something, and, and then he ended up turning the ball over. Um, and it was just everything like that. Anytime it got to three or four points, Royce O'Neal three brick, and they just could not get over the hump. And you know, Royce killed the Nets tonight, right? Like he's been good for them. He's been solid, but tonight his inability to make shots. And it felt like every time he took a three, it was a big one. He was 0 for 9 from the field, 0 for 8 from 3, finished with zero points. You know, that's big. And then you look at it on the Chicago side, and you've got guys, role players like Patrick Williams, who was the exact opposite for Chicago, going 3 for 4 from 3, 6 for 8 from the field. He had 22 points because Zach Levine, he only had 13. DeRozan finally got going in the fourth, but... You know, the big players for the Bulls were kind of held in check. It was the role players that won the game for Chicago while the net role players weren't up to, you know, the standards as usual. And the defense cracked early in the first half in particular, and they could never just quite get over that hump. And Kyrie has been balling out of his mind during this 12-game streak. And tonight, him and Royce O'Neal combined was 1-for-16 from three-point land. That's the game right there. Yeah, For him to go that cold and then Royce O'Neal not to hit one – I think that that was the game. Now, I have a quick question for you now. Now, Royce O'Neal had a bad game. He's been on and off. He's been he's been okay. I think defensively he's okay. Uh, Shooting-wise, he's inconsistent. Are sure. you okay with him in the starting lineup? Because I, I kind of like Joe Harris in the starting lineup. Yeah, I would. Um, you know, he got me to get my voice crack on that question. I was getting emotional. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think I like – no, I, I don't – you know, I – it's tough. Um, I'm okay. I mean, if they're winning basketball games, I'm okay with it. So I really can't, yeah. I can't, I can't, you know, say no to that. I think really more importantly for them, it's less about who's starting. And for me, it's about is Royce O'Neal in the game and you know, who's in the game down the stretch. And I think at that point when Royce is shooting that poorly, as much as you like him for what he's done, I think at that point you got to make a switch and have somebody else in the game and give Joe Harris a chance. Like, I don't know if Joe Harris is going over is you know making every shot he takes but he's probably doing better than 0 for 8 or given an opportunity he's going to knock some of those shots down so i i understand from the defensive perspective what jacques vaude's doing there but i wouldn't have i would have been okay with the way he was shooting to have him in the in the fourth quarter so to answer your question a little bit i think yeah o'neill here joe there i think the starters i get that i don't really think it matters ultimately but i think fourth quarter who's in the game in the stretch. And I think tonight Jacques Vaughn made a mistake playing Royce O'Neal. I mean, it was 117-110, brick three, brick three. I mean, they had a chance there. It's crazy as it sounds. Yeah. Chicago almost gift-wrapped that back to them. They just missed many shots. And I 
I, that that to me is more important. It's who's getting those fourth quarter minutes. And I think as the Nets team depth continues, that'll be kind of the questions, right? And then and then on to 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 kind of add on to that, like with Claxton and Simmons and the free throw thing, it'll be interesting to see what happens once they get to big spots, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, Ben Simmons had he shot like four basically in a row at one point, and I think it was in the second quarter, and he only made one of them. The first like, man, one. All I need- yeah, yeah, he made the first one. I remember I felt pretty good, nothing but net, and then missed the next three. And I was like, this is rough. This is going to be a problem. But to that point, during the 12-game stretch, I feel like he's played well. Um, yeah. But I have heard some people criticizing his aggressiveness. Now, I will tell you that I think that if we don't go on a 12-game winning streak, more p- people are criticizing him because he isn't really being aggressive offensively. Like, he is it's, – it's a lot of dribble handoffs. Like when he has, it was it the last game against the Spurs. I thought he was going to go down the, the the lane and just dunk the hell out of the ball, and he like laid it up and missed the layup. And I was like, yeah, I know more people would be talking. Yeah, more people would be talking about Ben Simmons' lack of offensive um, production <clears throat> as far as scoring and right. trying to to score than they are now because it's a 12-game win streak. So what is anybody going to say? And I do think he has, he's been playing great defense. The way he plays the passing lanes, the way he gets his ball in there, deflections, I think he's playing great defensively. He's been rebound during that 12-game stretch. He played 10 of the games. During that 12-game win streak, in those 10 games that he played, seven points per game, six and a half rebounds, 6.2 assists, only 1.8 turnovers a game. But he's only averaging five and a half field goal attempts a game. Right. So <clears throat> I think he's playing great. But I think everybody was happy when that West Coast trip, Portland, uh, Sacramento, where he, where he looked like he was he was being more aggressive, and he's sure. kind of taking a step back again. And I think that not enough people, or not a lot of people, are talking about it because we were on a winning streak. Yeah, he has been to me like the. I want him to succeed so badly because you see it oh, in spurts, you see it me in too. moments where you can tell if he was aggressive, he could be LeBron every time going downhill, getting to the basket and getting a layup. I do think he's he's scared of, he's scared of the free throw line. There's no doubt about that. He's scared to do it. And he's got to get over that fear. Even if he's missing shots, he has to get into that. Um, You know, he's not a shooter and I don't think that's a, that's that, that I don't, he never will be. He never will be, but it's the aggressiveness part of it. And I think what's frustrating is he shows glimpses of it where it's there Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh my God. Like, if he's playing, like, I think if the Nets are going to win a championship, Durant and Kyrie have to continue at this level. I get that. They're going to need Simmons to ball out and, 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 and play at that next tier level to win a title. They need him to be at that stage. I, I don't know if, if he's kind of like this, where it's, it's good, it's bad, not aggressive. Like, he's got to be, I'm not saying he's got to be Ben 10 from Philly. But there's got to right. be more. He's got to lift that level, and I think that will unlock the Nets to title title contention, um, because you see it in spurts when he's brilliant. They can they can blow out everybody. I mean, that first half versus the Spurs, he had nine assists, mm-hmm. uh, three steals. He wasn't scoring, but he just dictated the game. And I, I'm just, I think for for the Nets, there's so much that he unlocks for this season. During the 12 game sh- streak that I told you that he was averaging the seven points, six and a half rebounds, six two point two assists, he's doing that in 25 minutes a game. Yeah, 
Like he's he's producing for us when he's on the court. He's not playing that much. Twenty five minutes for for Ben Simmons isn't that much. So I think he's been great. Now, I think that you would agree that the person that stood out the most during this twelve game run though is Nick Claxton. No, mm, he was he was great. I mean, his ability to block shots, switch on the pick and rolls, <laughs> rebound the basketball, finish around the rim. I mean, he has developed. And he has turned into a different make difference maker where you could say that Nick Claxton should be considered for some all defensive team votes. And I can agree with you more. His ability to become and take that next step as an NBA player is crucial for this team because, you know, we, it's, no, it's no secret. The Nets lack of rebounding has killed them. And that's been huge for them that they were getting that kind of um, effort from him. Uh, it, it, I, I couldn't agree with you more. He's been outstanding. During that 12-game winning streak, he played 10 of those games. Averaged 12.4 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 3.3 blocks per game. Mm. He's doing all of this in 28 minutes a game. Yeah. He's, he's averaging seven rebounds in 28 minutes. If he played minutes like Giannis, and who, I, don't, I don't know what other rebound leaders are in the league, but they're probably averaging in the mid-30s. He can get you 10 rebounds a game if he's at, if he's playing that much that many minutes. He can get you another block or two if he's playing that many minutes. He's producing. I, I guess they're splitting time between him and Ben because they're not on the court always together. Right. Um, but I, I, I I'm really happy with the the maturation of Nick Claxton's game because a lot of people are saying it. He's now the third star. He's kind of overtaken Ben Simmons as that third star. He is so important to this team, and he's another one of the guys that, that he needs to continue this and shine for them to be a championship-level team and continue this because there's no depth at the center position, and his leaps are are huge. You know, like last year he was splitting time with Andre Drummond, who didn't even get into the game for Chicago tonight. They didn't even give him one second of minutes, and the Nets need clacks to, to continue it. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple, and he's just a baby, right? He's just getting into his own element. He's just getting better, but and again – Here's another guy, big minutes, fourth quarter in a game versus, you know, the first round when they're playing the Heat, they're playing the Knicks, they're playing the Hawks, whoever their first round opponents is going to be. And you're down six, and Nick Claxton's on the floor with 402 to go. Like Ben Simmons is on the floor with 409 to go. Like these guys, the, the free throw shooting there is going to be yeah. scary. Um, and that's, I think, the next, you know, stage of the development of his game. Hopefully he can't because when he was a rookie too, he he wasn't a great free throw shooter. But if you look back on the records, like he could shoot, he was shooting like mid 60s, which I think if you could just get back to that, you'd be more than thrilled. But it's just kind of like a mess when you watch them at the line and this new like motion and the herky jerky thing and the slingshot approach. It's just, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that does scare me when they get to big spots though. For sure. but, he's been, but he's been awesome. Uh, his free throw percentage as a rookie was 52%. It was higher than it is now. Um, nothing crazy. Last year, he shot 58%. So he has taken the dip because this year he's shooting 46%. So it's definitely going to be something that we're worried about. Um, but I don't know if it's it's a reason to, to go ahead and, and – I guess we can get into it now – to go ahead and start looking for a trade for a big man. Now, this is this is a very interesting topic to me. Reason being, I'm going to tell you why I think this is interesting, and then I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. The 2020, uh, the 21-22, or the 2020-2021, the James Harden team that should have won the championship. I feel like it's a consensus, right? 
some people might not want to admit it, but I think everybody agrees. That team would have won the championship if James Harden and Kyrie don't get injured. Yeah, now, I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, offensive ratings, similar from this year and that team. But we're playing better defense. Yeah. If that team, the way it was built, where they didn't play good defense and they didn't have a big man presence. Don't tell me LaMarcus Aldridge because that guy played like he had Tim's on. So they didn't have a big man presence. If they were favorites to win and everybody basically says they probably would have won without the injuries, why can't this team do the same as it's built? Why all of a sudden is it a no, nobody can win without a big man when everybody says, well, that team would have won even though they didn't have a big man. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I well, uh, t- two parts to your question. And I think it's an interesting thing you bring up, and I'm glad you did. One, I think the way that team was built, especially with the way things were rolling with Harden and Kyrie and Durant at the time, that offense with those three guys, with Jeff Green, Joe was playing at a high level. They were different offensively. They weren't as good sure. defensively, at least right now, as the Nets. I don't think the Nets need another big man just to do it. Now, if you're telling me you could get some, you know, a great center, I'm not saying no. Like, no, of, of course, course, of course. But to me, to get some guy that's going to play 10 to 12 minutes that's past his prime that can get you a couple rebounds is foolish. Because realistically, if it's the playoffs and it's a big spot, let's say there's some old center that can get a couple of rebounds. He's not I've playing. I've had some people... I- I've had people He's not going to play his name out there. He's not. If it's a big game, Royce O'Neal will be in. It's not going to be this guy. So it's like, okay, you want him for the regular season, a couple of rebounds. Ultimately, for big playoff minutes, unless you're telling me that the center for the Bulls tonight, Nikola Vucevic, is available and that he's your starting center, okay, then we can have a conversation. Chicago for puts sure. him on the block. The Nets make a deal. They got they got Vooch. Okay, great. Now we have a different conversation. But if you're telling me it's another retread center that's going to give you a couple rebounds here or there, what's the point? They're not going to play in big fourth quarters anyway. You will not see them on the court. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And I've had people throw DeMarcus Cousins' name up there a lot. DeMarcus Cousins is a name. Right. But do you, is he really going to bring a lot? Like everybody's like, oh, he's a stretch five. Okay, that's fine. But whose minutes is he taking? It's it, yeah. It's 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 um. There's no if there's somebody if, uh, available that's a decent good player, go ahead and let's figure this out. And it can't hurt to have more depth there. And if it means losing one of your guards to get that kind of deep forward center player that's solid, yeah, let's do it. Let's get a good rebounder. I'm not saying it's John Collins and. You know, John Collins has has been up and down with the Hawks, but he's a good rebounder, right? And if you're saying, like, you know, a package is put together where you get John Collins, okay, like, I could understand it. He's young, he can stretch the floor, he can rebound. But I can't, for the life of me, sit here and say, let's go get a player that was good back when I was living in Virginia in 2008. I'm not doing that, right? Like, this guy will not – I just keep kind of harping back to it, but they will not be on the court when it matters, and it's a waste of time. Like, if you're telling me there's a guy like a Kyle Kuzma type that becomes available, like, to me – and I'm not saying he is, but I think no. he will be on the market based on where Washington but, is, but, and he's a but free agent. A, a lot to get him, though. Right, and a lot, but, but my point is, 
you know, it's all he's like insurance. He like when TJ Warren plays at his best right now, like that's what you get. Like that's what Kyle Kuzma is right now. Mm-hmm. Like to me, get that kind of player that can add to this team. I'm not saying it has to be Kuzma, but somebody that can stretch the floor, shoot threes, play defense, and just be part of that solid rotation is more important than putting somebody in that's the same age as me, right? That would annoy me. <laughs> and I'm 39 I, for the I, record. I, I agree. Um, I, I I was talking to my brother. He's like, well, let's take Dwight Howard. First of all, I don't know when the Chinese league ends. Yeah, Second of all, dude. D- Dwight Howard, like, do you what do you want? No. Like, you just want a big body just to say that you now have a big body. But is right. he what is he gonna do? What, what nah, is he gonna he, produce? Nothing, it's the same. And like, the same like you said, the playoff rotation shrink when you get to the playoffs. It's an mm-hmm. eight, nine man rotation. It's gonna be hard for him to crack the starting lineup. I mean, sorry, the, the rotation at all. Sure. So I I just don't see it. I, I, I understand that everybody. Every team has a weakness, and because ours is rebounding, everybody's like, so let's get a rebounder. But I don't think it's that simple. I think you have to think, who's going to lose minutes? If you're going to trade, who are you going to trade away? Are you going to mess with the chemistry that's going on right now, with the ball movement that's going on right now? So to me, it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, one that I, I'm okay if they get somebody on the on the, the buyout market back in March or whenever that is, but uh, – I think that this team has a chance to compete as it's currently constructed. Yeah. And I think for the most part, I think they're Sean Marks has a track record of not making trades at the deadline. I know last year, of course, Simmons and Harden, but that was different because his hand was pushed. Was forced. Yeah. Yeah. So that had to happen. I, you know, we don't have to go down that road of why, et cetera, but he doesn't usually make deals at the deadline. It's more of the buyout market. I think this is the first time that he has pieces to make a trade you know if it's joe and seth you, you could you could move one because they're similar kind of players i i think seth's proven to have more value i know he's defensively as a little weaker and not as much size but i think you feel i do at least i'd feel safer with seth on the court in a big spot than joe uh I, but I, I where i'm getting is i think there's i think there's options where sean can make a trade so I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but it doesn't have a track record of making one. So to your point, you're probably looking at what this team is. And it's just about something I had said on your show when we started this. Take the regular season seriously. Mm-hmm. Don't take shortcuts. Keep building, keep getting better. We have seen it in real time during this 12-game winning streak. We need to see it more. We need to see Nick Claxton improve at the free throw line. We need to see this team show more defense consistently and continue it up. We need to see Ben Simmons be aggressive. Can Joe Harris get his stroke back, right? Like, take the regular season seriously. Because I look at teams that, like, I now, I look at the Warriors, for example, and there's still a long way to go. But to me, I don't think they can win the title this year, not because they're not taking it seriously, but they've had so many injury problems, so much going on. I'm a big believer now that you can't just turn it on. You have to be building to that crescendo. And that is what I feel the best about right now with the Nets is Mm -hmm. even though they like basically have the same record that they've had in the last two years, three years, this one feels like they're taking steps and growing where in the past it was like, just get me to April, get me to the playoffs. I, I, I want to soak in this regular season, keep getting better, 
And then when we get to the playoffs, you know, we can have the anxiety fest. And I, I think it's also because, I mean, outside of the Kyrie missing those games for whatever it was, the, the, the suspension or whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. for the most part, they've been healthy. I mean, yeah. I know Ben Simmons is taking a, a game or two off for, for a stiff back. TJ Warren came back, but he's been pretty consistent ever since he came back. Joe Harris mm-hmm. is finally good. So I feel like that that's why it feels so different is because last year we were 23 and whatever, 12 or, or 24 and 11. But we were doing that with Katie and the kids. Yeah, James Harden wasn't playing. Kyrie wasn't playing. <laughs> year before that, James Harden hadn't gotten here yet. And then... Kyrie and, and Katie couldn't get it together. Like, it, 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 that's why I think it feels different. And, and I, I'm with you. I thought if this team can be together, be cohesive until April, like this team, I've, I've always thought if with health and without drama, of course, Man. this team can win the East. Yeah, I, I, um, I hope so. And I don't know, like people have asked me a lot. And I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know the answer to this question. I want to know the answer to this question, but I can't answer I think answer you know right the now. answer, but you just don't want to. No, no, no. Well, here, here's I don't the even question. know the question yet. The okay. question is, like, are the Nets better? Can they beat the Celtics? Can they beat the Bucks? right? Like, and that's been the question to me all the time. And I say, I don't know. I have to find out. Like, yeah, yes, I think they can. But are you telling me, do I think the Celtics or the Bucks or the Sixers could beat the Nets? Yeah, I think they could, too. I think we have to yeah, see it happen, right? right? Like, and that's why I hate i hate like like debate shows going predictions like, are 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 they are they the better than the celtics are they better than the bucks i have n- we have to watch it play out in real time but i think at least now they put themselves back in that conversation for this damn thing that happens with the are they better than them i don't i don't know but to your point yeah they can do it they can definitely do it and they're gonna have the option and they're gonna be in the mix and they're just gonna have to do it and it's gonna be a gauntlet and it's going to be tough, and I'm contradicting what I said about taking the regular season seriously, which I do want them to do. But when they get there, yeah, it's going to be tough, and they're going to have, you know, they're going to have a lot of a lot going on to get it, and it's going to be fun as hell. And I'll tell you, man, I don't, I don't usually try to do this, and I've been trying not to, but I'll just give just give one positive. Mike Biseglia not being negative, and just being excited. When Kyrie dunked the ball and had the putback, and the crowd went out of its mind, I was gonna. Uh-huh. I was the first time I, I, you know, I really, I really thought to myself like, this has the feel of a team that's, that could win a title. Like this is crazy. They're like ruckus, and then like I, I, it felt different. You know, it felt fun, and it, yeah, it was. It's because they, yeah, it's because they were up a hundred points. And they were, you know, about to win their 12th in a row. But I was like, mm. I started to be like, don't do it, Biseglia. But, but a part <sighs> of me could, could feel what it could feel like. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I felt the same. And I tweeted out that putback was the exclamation point to the win streak. But yeah. I regret writing that and not writing. I feel like that putback was the exclamation point to we're here. Yeah, because I feel like that that moment, like you, just, I, I think most Nets fans all felt the same at that time. Like that's it. Like Kyrie, no drama. This is what we wanted. Right. The team is about to win twelve in a row. Like I think we have arrived. Like everybody's like, are we? Are we not? Like I think that was the moment. That was the exclamation point where it's like, okay, it's game time. 
And and I think everybody felt it. I'm glad that it helped happen on the last win of the of the streak. Yeah. And I feel like that is the moment that we might look back on and remember, like that we as fans started believing once that happened. Because that's how I felt. I felt this is an exclamation point. Like it just felt different, as as you said. It just felt different. It felt good. It felt good. And it, I could see, I could see that being a special moment. Yeah, and, and you know, you had asked me before on one of the times we, we we connected, and you were saying like, "Does Barkley Center get loud?" Can you tell like that that from all accounts and everything from that that night, that moment, like Barkley Center exploded, and it was just a pure sense of joy and emotion. I think, I think too, yeah, like the Nets now are going to be on the road for fifteen of twenty games, so it's going to be a lot of road games. Get through that, come back to Barkley's. Like I think. I think there's an identity to the Nets. I think it's one that they didn't have in the past, but I think they, I think you're going to see a true identity with this team, with the fan base and a connection there. And I think that was the beginning of it. And it, it, it slipped. It went in my mind. I was like, I felt it was like a feeling of joy that I have not felt a lot with the Nets. Right, there's right, right. Moments. There's no, I shouldn't say a lot. I've had some decent moments, but it was like, I felt something deeper um, that I want to feel again. It, it were, you know, it was like I, it. It felt like a Bucks, like a Bucks win from two years ago, like in the playoffs. Well, I was like, yes, man, like that moment. I don't, I don't know. I just I don't know what a title feels like. I don't know what it would feel like for the Nets. I'm sure it would be insane, right? All the emotion that would pour out of your body like you sweat on an hour jog in a hundred degree heat it would just finally come out but like it was like a a, a slight taste i felt like from that dunk you, you know what was the last moment in the regular season that i felt like that watching the nets it was and i don't know if you remember katie went down it was harden and Kyrie running the show for like 11 game stretch yeah. or something and they had a comeback against the Suns, and James yeah. Harden hit a three. Oh yeah, to kind of come back and seal that. And I remember seeing that. Oh, I don't even think Kyrie played that game. I think no, he I did remember not. Kyrie was Ky- out. Kyrie and, and Kyrie, Kevin Durant and Kyrie were pushing each other on the sideline. And I remember he hit that three, and he did like some celebration. And I remember yeah. I thought to myself, "We're gonna win this fucking championship." Yeah, That's what? literally what I thought to myself. And that was the last yeah. time during the regular that season game win. that I felt that. Yeah, that, and that they was were d- amazing. They were down like 20-something at the half. They were yep. trailing. They were down 20-whatever, came back, won the game, did that in Phoenix. Yeah, that, that's a good call. That It had that, even though you know the Spurs game was a blowout, but it was like that just pure amount of joy and emotion. But that's what happens when you like 82-game regular season. Like I look at this Met pass season. They won 101 games. They had so many of those kind of wins. Then they got to the postseason. They couldn't have been any worse. And so it lasted three days. I I I, 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 I want to be incredibly positive, but then I kind of bring it back to that. Like it doesn't. It was just a moment in there, but um, you know, it's, it's it's there's there's so much positive. I know they lost tonight, but twelve game winning streak, big wins against the Bucks, the Cavs, the Hawks twice, the Hornets twice, the Spurs. I'm forgetting a bunch of the other teams in there. The Raptors, the game winner from Kyrie. It was a building momentum the, team. But they beat the Pacers with nobody playing. And that way, it had been the biggest win of the stretch, right? Like, that was the yeah. third game there. That really galvanized the group. I'll be really interested now, and I think all Nets fans will be, they lost. What they is on the horizon? Because the schedule definitely is is going to be tougher. And I don't think I expect the Nets to be on a 12-game streak. 
but do they have six and fours? Do they have seven and threes? And, you know, right now they're 25 and 13. Are all of a sudden we're talking about a team that's, you know, 35 and 19, 40 and 23, you know, 50 and 27. And do they keep building? Well, yeah, you're right. They do have a, a rough stretch because they have the Pelicans. Like I said, Zion's out for a couple of weeks, so he won't be playing. But they have the Pelicans. They have the Heat on Sunday. Then they have the Celtics on Thursday. So they have a, a long break. Good Monday, stretch. Tuesday, and Wednesday off. Yep. And they got OKC, which I, I, I'll be there for that one. I'm going up to Barclays for for that weekend. No. Is it, you're, so you're, you're, is, are you excited? Obviously, I am. I haven't been to Barclays since 2012. That's right. I, I, the, the last time I was there was for the first ever game against the Raptors, which was supposed to be the Knicks, ended up being the Raptors. That's the last time I've been to Barclays to, to watch a Nets game. So, yes, I oh, am that's excited cool. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. A New York trip? Or the, it, it's or a New York trip. Yeah. My, 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 my daughter, is uh, her middle name is Brooklyn, so she's always been like, I want to go, Bobby. You know, she's always telling me that she wants to go where I'm, where I'm from and stuff. So hopefully it snows because nice. she, she's really dying to see snow. So I'm going with the wife and kids and uh, – and yeah, so I'll, I'll be there first time I take the kids, and uh, nice. I'm hoping to stop by. That's awesome. So yeah, so, yeah if Mike cool. delivers goes to Luigi's. You let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> well, Luigi's in is it? Luigi's is in New Jersey. Is in New Jersey by me, and um, uh, no, Luigi's. In, I'm talking about the one in Park Slope, man. Come on. Oh, I, there's a Luigi's. There's a Luigi's I love in uh, in New Jersey that makes a great square pie. Square pie. I don't know. You got to go to the one in, in Park Slope, Fifth Ave, right down the street from from uh, Barclays. Fifth yeah, Avenue is a fun. Fifth yeah. Avenue is a fun. I mean, I, there's so many to, fun restaurants there. Oh my god. Well, I used to live between Fourth and Fifth, but in Sunset Park though, so it's a little gotcha. further down. There you go. But, all right, we'll, have, we'll have fun with everybody, man. That's that pictures. We need to see them all on social. Got to see the. Yeah, hopefully, man. you bring us a win, or else you're you know you're never going back again. No, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's against OKC, and they what they just did to the Celtics got me a little worried. But <sighs> who knows? I thought the I was NBA. going to a safe game. Who knows? Yeah, I was trying to fly out the day before because I'm going to get there on Friday. I wanted to get there on Thursday to to watch mm. the Celtics game, but um, my wife can't take that many days off, so unfortunately. Camp, but I'll be there for the OKC game. Um, so before we wrap it up, I did want to talk, touch on Kyrie. Kyrie, balling, probably be an all-star. Yeah. How are you feeling about Kyrie? And I know this is getting ahead of ourselves, but I feel like I want to ask because I've seen a lot of people talking about it. Everybody's saying, you got to resign this guy. you got to resign this yeah. guy. And I think at one point, everybody was like, Josiah isn't going to resign this guy. Unless they win a championship, he's not going to get resigned. The way he's playing, which is what we wanted, um, I'm almost up in the air. I'm not really sure what to expect. Yeah. I mean, if he's playing like this, you absolutely 100% have to re-sign him. I mean, there's no question about it. That has to happen. Um, you know, it's funny because Kyrie has been inconsistent on so many levels. I'm not even talking about on the court, just getting there. Right. Mm -hmm. And we – from the vaccine status to the suspension earlier this year to disappearing for a couple of days, which I think is blown out of proportion. I really don't care about that. Um, yeah. I think that was way blown out of proportion. Like, whatever. I agree. Um, I think at this point, yeah, you'd probably have to resign him. But I, I think the beauty is you don't have to make a decision right now. You have till the end of the year, and a lot can happen. Uh, but if this is what continues to to come from Kyrie Irving, I would be massively disappointed if they didn't. Um, I guess I could understand based on what has happened in the past if they didn't. Um, but 
if this is the kind of play you're going to get, and then let's not even say the Nets make a title, win the title, but they make a huge run. They lose a disappointing series in seven to the, the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. You have to do it. Uh, if this is going to continue to play, you have to do it. I know the risk. I know the risk. But if he proves that he can do this for the entire season, I don't, I don't know how you can. The thing is, it's his decision. And I feel like he wants to play with LeBron. Uh, I don't think so. I I do. I, 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 do. Think, I think he wants to play with LeBron. Well, then LeBron think, will come to Brooklyn. Oh, oof. Don't get me excited. Don't get me excited. I really do Sixth think... Six man of the year. I, uh, <laughs> I think Kyrie not only wants to play with LeBron, and, and this is me just, you know, I love... The whole DVD thing and all that, you know, that, that that's me. I do. I get a I DVD see, text once a week. It, <laughs> I could see Kyrie wanting to win a, a championship for Kobe in LA. Yeah, I mean, I guess nothing's impossible. I understand. I, I hear you. That's Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I get you. I, 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 I know we're I, way I, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we, we, we got to just worry about this year. But yeah, but that's unfortunate. I, I when you. I see people say that, I'm like. First of all, it's his decision. And second of all, I really, I really do think that LeBron wants him over there. And I think he wants to carry Kobe's legacy, honestly. And that's and that's something that I haven't heard anywhere. That's just, I know his love for Kobe right. and his admiration for Kobe. So a little part of me thinks that maybe that's a possibility. I mean, I wouldn't, I think with Kyrie Irving, everything is an, is an option, is on the table. And I just enjoy the ride right now. Hopefully it continues. It. Hopefully there's, you know, everybody that's like, well, something will go wrong. You go, why? Because of history. And then you go, well, this is different this year. I was like, well, I can't really argue it, right? Like something has always gone wrong for this team at some point, so I can't really argue it. Um, I think right now you just have to bank on, hopefully with Kyrie at least, we're past everything and it's all about ball. Knock on wood, that's how it stays. Um. When you had, because the last time we recorded was like mid-October, it was before the season started. And you said, you don't understand why people are saying that it's either going to be a disaster of a season, which we thought was what was happening, right, in in November, or it's going to be one of the most amazing seasons you've ever seen in your life. And you were saying, I don't understand why it can't just be somewhere down the middle. Right. I'm leaning towards, it's going to be one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen (laughs) in our lives, the way they've been playing since the beginning of November. Because they're on pace to win 55 games, but that's when you use right. the two and six start to make that prediction, right? Yeah. When you take that out of it, I haven't done the math. I wish I would have done it before I got on here, but I would assume that they're touching projection wise 60 games. Well, let me you start with me, Yeah. They've only got the Nets have only won over 50 games plus once, I think, in their history. Yeah, it was the 52 game season in there you go. 2001, 2002 and then they they've done 49 a bunch. Um yep. Let me say this. I think the season started so bad and now has been so hot, it's averaged in the middle. No, I'm just yes. But No, no, it's no, true though. To to your point, I think we'll see how this plays and moves forward. I, I'm definitely wrong on that comment from it's been so volatile from we've seen both of them, right? We've only seen two nets. We've seen the terrible nets and we've seen the amazing nets. 
I think to my point, I was like, I don't know why people are saying it's either they're going to be like what we saw in the beginning of the year where they were like about to be the most dysfunctional thing you've ever seen to they're winning a championship. I think my point was, well, why can't I, I don't think it's an impossibility to say this team loses in the second round to the Bucks, And it's just like a good season, but a disappointing season. And I don't I don't think that's. Off the table, obviously, we have to see what happens. But, um, you know, I really hope that that's not what it is. And it's just like, a, you know, another team that loses in the second round. Um, I guess I quantify it, too, with the playoffs. But clearly, this season has had not what I've said. It's either been awful or amazing. But there hasn't been. In, so maybe it <laughs> averages out to what I thought. But we've yeah, only exactly. seen the two extremes, right? It's always been both have played themselves out so far, which is crazy. We are three games away from the middle of the season because we're 30 games in, 38 games in. So we'll see. So far, I think you have been on the money. <laughs> in a weird you way. You got to average it out. Yeah, in a weird right. way. It, it's average. Spin out. it my but, way. Um, Spin it to fit my narrative. But I, I do think that if we don't hit 50 wins, I would be disappointed. Yes. And I know oh, that, yeah. that, that, that sounds blasphemous. Maybe it's just some I agree. people. But if, I agree. if we don't hit 50 wins, I'd be disappointed. I, I want to get that number one seed. The Celtics have come back to earth. We're only a game behind them. Uh, Milwaukee is okay. I'm not scared of any team. I don't think any team is scared of us necessarily either. But I think that we are in the upper echelon. I think there's four teams fighting for it. And like you said, I think the Nets could lose to any of them. But I think anybody would admit that the Nets could also beat any of them. So I think we're there and I'm okay being there. And and that's kind of where, uh, like you said, second round is a must. I think it's a disappointment if we don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, like you know, as long as we win a playoff game, I think it's an improvement. I mean, I think back to like the year the Celt the year the Bucks beat the Nets. The Celt the, the Bucks were the three seed. Yep. And they went to the finals. So and they won the championship. I'm trying to look up the Celtics last year. Oh, thank you. They- because I was gonna tell you, I don't know if the Celtics were the number one seed last year. I don't think they were. I think it was the Heat. The Heat were the number one seed. Right. The, so, so and the Celtics were the two seed because the Nets were the seventh seed. So right. let me tell you this. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah. No number one seed in the East has made the NBA Finals since the Big Three Heat. Hmm. That's wild. That is wild. Yeah. So that's that, but that number two or the number three seed. But to my but but to my point, that's why I like when they like, can they beat the Celtics or the Bucks? Like if they're the one, like they, it just when you get there, it happens. But they have to use the regular season as the momentum builder, and they've done that so far. They did not do that last year. I mean, it was as bad as it gets last year. Correct. But they have been, um, you know, so far okay. The biggest reason I want that number one seed is just to avoid the Celtics and the Bucks until the Eastern Conference Finals. Because I feel like, well, that's- man, we, we played against the NBA champions in the second round of 2021. And then we played against the Eastern Conference champions last year. True. It's like, can we just, like, avoid the best teams in the East until at least the last round. That's how the Heat have made all their money. So, I don't know. It's, it, it, that's the biggest reason I want the number one seed. But like I said, the number one seed hasn't made it out of the East since the, the LeBron uh, the LeBron Heat. Maybe they, they did once with I, the Cavs, but I think it was the LeBron Heat. I think the key, too, is you, you want to avoid the 4-5 because yes. that's where you're going to – there's, there's, the East has five really good teams, and then it dips. 
Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to see that in the first round. You want to yeah. see that in the second round. And then you would see that in the first round. Then you see the number one seed in the second round. So you're just, it's, it's a shit show. Yeah. You want to see six through 10, you know, and that, how that plays out one of those spots. So sure. I think the key is one, two, or three, you know, home court, obviously you'd rather be two and three, da, 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 da. But you want to avoid that four or five at all costs. For sure. But I'm happy that, the, well, I'm happy that's the conversation. I want to avoid the four or five and not, you know, oh, I hope, I hope the we're one, two, the seven, you know, or the, like, right. You know, <laughs> yeah, where we were the last year was brutal, I hope we man. make the 10. Crazy. Last year was, I hope we can avoid that play in, which we didn't. It, it was, last year was just a mess, man. I, oh I, God, I don't even want to think about it. That was horrible. But as, as always, Mike, thank you for joining me. Of course. I really appreciate your time. That's Mike, Bad Weather Fans. And you said you're going to start your Mike Delivers pod again, no? Or did you already start it? Yeah, my wife and I started that up. It's um, my Mike Delivers podcast. My wife and I review fast foods. We just tried. Um, it, it originally started as a, I was an Uber Eats driver, and I would you know do stories from the road as an Uber Eats delivery driver. I haven't done Uber Eats in a year, so I haven't done that as much. But uh, we review fast foods. One we just tried was the the Wendy's Italian chicken sandwich. So that's the latest one. Mike delivers. You want my review on the Italian chicken sandwich from Wendy's? And he's not an Uber Eats uh, driver anymore because he's a, a, a big time podcast host and a podcast <laughs> no. professor at a university. So no, no need for that Uber Eats anymore. No, trust me, there is a, there's a need. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you there's a need. I just well, I can't again, have that. There's only so many jobs I can handle at once. I, I feel you on that one. Again, I appreciate your time, sir. And uh, hopefully when we link up again, we are talking about, I don't know, another 15-game win streak. Hey, they win 15 games. You can have me every every episode you want. That's a, That's a promise. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to episode number 11 of the Battered Nets Fans Podcast. And I will catch you guys next week, hopefully after I've witnessed. At this point, I would have gone to the Heat game. So after I've witnessed a a live win, I'll catch you guys next week.